Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome, everyone. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and you are listening to Unbuckled. And today we are unbuckling the world of sensitivity with our guest author, Courtney Marcassani. I hope I said that right. <laughs> and she is the author of the Four Gifts of Highly of the Highly Sensitive. Uh, so thank you so much for being here with us, Courtney. Oh gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So um, I, I loved this and I did the test. So um, if you're curious, listeners, to find out exactly what are the gifts of your sensitivity, you can hop on and take uh, the test at inspiredpotentials.com. And it turns out I am an intuitive visionary who is highly empathic, um, which wasn't a big surprise to me. <laughs> okay. But, good. But I'm always I loved... curious about people's experiences and what they know, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've always had the intuitive, the, the, um, what is it? Claire cognizance, like the knowing mm -hmm. and, um, and Claire, uh, what is it? When you smell things, I, I forget what the term is for that, but the primary ones are Claire audience, mm -hmm. Claire sentience, uh, Claire, Claire audience, Claire, Claire cognizance. Yeah, those are a bit more obscure, mm -hmm. the smell, but they are definitely powerful for mm -hmm. some people, especially the Claire audience. Claire audience is fascinating, um, but smell is fascinating too. So I would like to look that up afterwards because it's not immediately readily coming to mind, but smell is something that is so fascinating because it's one of our strongest. Yeah. It's one of our strongest senses. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I was actually talking with somebody else recently about how uh, and you talk about that in the book about like not hiding from these things, you know, not like trying to um, to like dim it down or or kind of uh, like internalize it. Um, and I think I did that for a long time. I would get the knowing and it would be something that I was judging as being like good or bad or like, you know, and I was like, I don't want to know this. Um, and so I, I definitely attempted to kind of tamper it down instead of embracing it. Um, and of course that's, you know, that's when it, you really can work with this as a superpower, which is, I, I love how, you know, you really address the book. It's like, these are, these are gifts, you know, um, this is definitely, it's your sensitivity is a strength. And I, I love how you said it in the book. Um, I made so many notes. <laughs> I love all your like dog-eared areas of the book. Oh, yeah, that yeah. like is like a dream to come true for me. It's like, yes, she highlighted section. Yes. Yeah. That's the way I am too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that it's a strength intertwined of the heart and mind. I love how you said that. Um, because I think that's so true. And and so tell me, because you know, you you talk a little bit in the intro of the book about how I mean, this has like been a twenty year project of kind of diving and exploring your own personal life as well as other people's stories that you share in the book. So, what was the moment for you when you were like, I, I see these as superpowers, and other people need to know, you know, how they can harness this. 
It's so crazy because it was kind of like back engineering in a way, you know, mm-hmm. back engineering is when you, you have this technology, but you don't know how it works. And so you kind of have to look at the composition of it, what's standing out to you. And so for me, it was intuition. So mm-hmm. I love that you're an intuitive visionary because I also have those skill sets mm-hmm. and intuition was really like my first deep dive into the gifts because I was fascinated by it because of the experiences that I had. They were so powerful, for one. They were life-transforming, too. And three, I I was so inquisitive. Like, I wanted to understand why these experiences were happening to me. I didn't consider that I was you know, in any way gifted at all. So I had to kind of back engineer what happened. And so the first two or three experiences that really stood out to me was when I was in my mid 20s. I had a couple powerful precognitive experiences. One, well, the first few came through dreams. Mm-hmm. And But the dreams were so close to what unraveled in life or what appeared in my life that I couldn't ignore it. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of started talking to others, people who were close to me at the time, saying, do you have this happen? Do you have that happen? And they were like, no, I don't. And so I knew that there was something different that I was experiencing that not everybody does. Um, you know, over the course of time, probably two or three years when I got into my late 20s, then it became a profound effect. Mm. It was a profound effect. And I think the reason why I saw such profound differences because I went through a divorce. Okay. So I went through an actual separation and then a divorce. And I feel like in that period, a lot of me, my own energy, my own life force came back to me. And so then I started to see the real me, like you're talking about, you dim yourself down, or you, you put a lot into your relationships, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of energy goes into managing that. And so I think that through that period, I really started to blossom. And so the precognitive dreams and the precognitive experiences are what let me led me to Mm -hmm. the gifts. I love that. And so let's uh, get into what the four gifts are, because um, you break them down into specific ones. So what are the the four gifts of the highly sensitive? Well, let's start with the intuitives. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the journey started. So we can start with the intuitives. I start with the intuitives in the book, too. You probably noticed that's the first gift chapter. Intuitives are individuals who are able to process a crazy amount of information mm-hmm. all the time. They're just perceiving information. It goes into their uh, subconscious or unconscious. And when they need to make decisions, they're able to pull that information out immediately. They're able to readily make decisions. And it oftentimes feels like magic yeah, because it's so spontaneous and the intuitive person will know it's right, right? They'll know it's right because it's such a lightning fast, intuitive hit. But it might just be that they have this balance between their unconscious and their conscious mind that they're receiving this information so suddenly, so quickly. Mm-hmm. There's different levels of intuition, but that's basically the felt experience for the intuitive. They can go from A to Z without mm-hmm. knowing how they got there. It's not really a logical process. They also are systems thinkers. So they're thinking on multiple levels mm-hmm. and they're looking at the big system or the big picture and they're seeing, I, I talk about it as interconnections mm-hmm. or almost like an interconnected web where they're putting the pieces together. So they can think about systems and change overlapping systems and they can understand it all holistically. Not only that, they're also trying to find solutions. So Mm -hmm. they're coming up with answers. They're coming up with things that will help, right? Systems, Mm -hmm. corporations. 
empaths are the quintessential feelers. So mm-hmm. they feel other people's feelings in their own mind, body, and spirit, which is a profound ability. And so the, the empaths are able to feel feelings in their own mind and body. Not only that, they also can feel the motivations of others, mm-hmm. other people's desires, directions, and passions, and they can sense that. They feel currents mm-hmm. in the environment, like emotional mm-hmm. currents that flow through group settings or even just mm-hmm. between one person and another. Mm-hmm. That That's very deep. There's also different subtypes, as you read in the book. I there's, love that. Yeah, yeah, there's different subtypes of empaths where I looked at the way these, these multisensory awarenesses kind of flowed together to create a gift or skill set. And the, that evolves into things like having more compassion and mm-hmm. then also social justice or spiritual empathy. Right. So I break those down and those patterns. The visionaries are the individuals who have a really adept skill at seeing through their mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And they basically have this field, right, an imaginary field that they're able to go into and um, use their visual awareness, their visual perception to turn objects over in three or four dimensionally. They're great at mapping any kind of spatial mapping. They are, you know, they're engineers, they're technical people, they're interior designers. So, cause they're always looking at solving problems from that mental field and that visual awareness. And there is very expressives. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, the expressives. When I did all the research on sensitivity, I found that there was a like a sub factor mm-hmm. through the original test set that showed that there were individuals who had aesthetic, aesthetic sensitivity. It's a very specific type of sensitivity. Right. So they harmonize with their environment. Mm-hmm. They feel connected and in flow with nature. They process and, and take what they get in through their sensory awareness and the beauty and the harmony, and then they translate it through their own language right their own expressive language whatever that is writing mm-hmm. singing dancing uh you know movement so these are the artists they're creators mm-hmm. they're the essential quintessential creators and so that can be anything that can be yeah. any type of expressive art form i love that i loved i love how you gave the example of elon musk and the visionary and um and yeah. Uh, and me being the in- intuitive visionary, like I've tried to explain that to people, especially my husband sometimes, because he is definitely more on that, that creative um, e- expression end of things. Um, and me, like recently we were, we were like out in Chinatown in Chicago. And it's like, I saw like what street we needed to be on to go to like do this. And like, I saw it all like, you know, and he's like, I don't understand. Like, and I was like, no, this is like, I see it before, you know, it's like, I, I, I have that like grid, which is why I was so great when I, my life before this, I worked in film and television production That's because so I could cool. like see the, the bigger things going on and all the moving parts. Um, it's so- your spatial awareness. It's just, you have a gift for spatial awareness. And so that works, you know, typically on the, on the right side of the brain, there are these subtle facile abilities with the right hemisphere mm-hmm. that look at things, look at maps, look at things geometrically and put it all together. And it does mm-hmm. feel like magic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you talk about these individuals like yourself who can just see it and so when you try to explain it it kind of gets lost in translation (laughs) but once your 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 significant other is around you enough he'll start to trust you i mean did you read the story about the uh 
the one the one guy who used to drive people home from college because he could remember where people where he picked people up from. Yeah. I mean, he became a designated driver because people mm-hmm. needed him to take them home. Mm-hmm. And he could remember directions back to their place one time. Mm-hmm. And so that's an intuitive visionary ability because when you have that type of almost like a photographic mm-hmm. memory, mm-hmm. and some people have different types of photographic right. memory or autobiographical memory. So mm-hmm. it, the subtle nuances in visionaries, I think is so fascinating yeah. how it works for them. Yeah. And I loved how you talked about the in the empathic portion, this idea that like you probably have a neighbor living in your neighborhood whose empathic energy is actually creating calm and like, and, yes. and, and like diffusing the potential for, for there to be aggression or violence in your neighborhood just by their sheer presence. Um, and I think, you know, I can certainly say like, I've met people like that, that I'm just like, they walk into a room and the, the energy of the room shifts. And it's yes. just fascinating to, to watch that in place. It does. It does shift. And you can tell. And some people are drawn to them. Sometimes mm-hmm. people see it as a lightness. Some type people, mm-hmm. some especially empaths, feel it like a vibration, like a positive calming or a tranquility. And so you are drawn into them mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily know why. But the, the gifted sensitives that evolve it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they are here and they are on the planet. And and when you work with it and you become aware of how finely attuned you are, mm-hmm. you serve those types of services in your community. You give that type of love or you're there for that reason. And so I'm I'm glad that you felt that and that stood out to you because some people would read that and go, oh, that's she's putting a little bit too much on that or that's a heavy hand. But it, it's true. I mean, healers, you have the healer empath, right? Mm-hmm. And healer empaths are identified in some uh, communities, especially indigenous communities, Mm -hmm. very early, where they go, oh, this is a Mm -hmm. healer for our community. And it's looked at as a great service and a great ability to develop, right, through um, mentorship and apprenticeship. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we have been kind of cut off Mm -hmm. uh, from it. And so my hope with writing the book was to raise awareness of the importance of the gifts and how they really do help our societies. It's not me having a heavy hand or, or taking it too far. I really do believe in what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I mean, I certainly heard it growing up. You're too sensitive. You're being too sensitive. You're, you know, you're being over dramatic. Um, and the I dramatic think it, thing, the dramatic yeah. thing so much with, especially the expressives, I feel so bad for the expressives because they're always expressing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the first thing they get. Oh, you're being too dramatic. Mm-hmm. You're exaggerating. And so that's why my, my message is like, no, this, you, you're not exaggerating. This is actually how you feel. Like that intense internal experience is, a, is being mirrored mm-hmm. through your expression into the outside world. And thank God for the artists and the creatives who are, who are kind of channeling that and creating this, these yeah. works of art because art also helps heal our society. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think if we realize anything, uh, I'm sure we realize a lot of things over these last years, but uh, but I think yeah. one of the things I certainly realized and a lot of people I know was like not being able to go see live music not being able to just go to a museum. I mean, that like yeah. that stunted something in me. It was like I was craving it. I was like, I I need this. Like this is really a vital part of of how I process and how I express and just being in that energy um, of creative. It's cultural. Yeah. It's cultural too. I mean, our culture um, needs all of those important ways to heal. Mm-hmm. And art is a part of that. I mean, we heal on an individual level, yeah. you know, being exposed to it and mm-hmm 
creating it ourselves or being near it, but our communities have relied on it. Yeah. Exactly what you're talking about for so many, well, since our evolution. Yeah. Right. I mean, you I mean, can go back and see right. in the caves the pictures of the animals and the, you know, the savannas and the symbols. And mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's our like cultural mythology, which has helped us survive yeah. and help us create order out of a very chaotic world, mm -hmm. world. Right. And so we're seeing a lot of chaos and we need to kind of resort to those healing modalities like art to keep ourselves grounded yeah. in what's and happening. I definitely feel like there's a shift and I love how you put it in the book. Like this is the next level of human consciousness, sensitive people. And I think there is this shift going kind of back to that more indigenous style of recognizing how important this is. And instead of, you know, shoving these people aside and telling them they're too much to see like, oh no, you're here. You're a gift for our community, for our tribe, for our society to, to grow and expand um, because our heart is is really the the, the smarter brain. <laughs> it really is. I mean, um, think about it. Indigenous cultures always had to be connected to two worlds, right? Mm -hmm. They had to have one foot in this world, mm -hmm. but they also had one foot in the other reality mm -hmm. and honored the individuals who could see that reality, right? Because that other reality informed the tribe and helped keep the tribe safe and helped individuals who were dealing with illness and helped mm -hmm. to be really the tribal elders. And, and it, frankly, you know, in Western culture or in dominated cultures, mm -hmm. We've been separated that from that for a long time. And so people are waking up to the fact that we need to involve. And I do believe it is consciousness evolving. Mm -hmm. And so our science has been so reductionist. Right. And that division between science and the spirituality part of our human existence has been so cut off for so long. I mean, till since Socrates, right? And so I think that my, my aims... Mm -hmm. were to try to be a bridge between yeah. so sensitive people a lot of times get that same bag like you are you're exaggerating you're you know you're too sensitive right because we feel we're such big feelers and so I included a big chunk of science it's even in the title in this that. book to validate because mm -hmm. I think it's time to validate these experiences yeah. and validate the fact that this population of our society is receiving, right, mm -hmm. important stuff a lot of the time. And for some reason, we've just chosen to neglect it, especially in Western culture, mm -hmm. because it doesn't necessarily fit. Right. And that is uncomfortable. And it mm -hmm. makes some people feel like, oh, you're the weird one. I mean... Mm -hmm. And so sensitive people take a lot of grief where we feel like we're already kind of separate, yeah. <laughs> you know, and outliers. And that, you know, that is kind of a shame in a way if we're not being involved in community aspects right. of, you know, of humanity. It would be better if, if sensitive folks could be in the conversation mm -hmm. to help evolve. Yeah. And I think that's how you refine these as superpowers, right? And you get to use your tools, like you, yes. you step into that space. And I did love how you, you incorporated not only science, but um, I love when people, cause I'm a very practical, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, but like, how, do, what do I do? And so there's a yes. whole section of the book, the, the mind body method, where you actually incorporate like breathing techniques and tools um, to actually help you 
to fine tune yourself and to, to help you, you know, cause I see this a lot with, with empathic people, myself included of needing to kind of like wash my energy field <laughs> and needing to, you know, so what are some of the, the tools, um, what would be something, you know, for an empathic person, if you're feeling overwhelmed, or maybe you don't even realize yet that it is empathy, but maybe you go out and you're in a crowd, you're in a supermarket, you're wherever, and you go home and you feel like strangely exhausted considering that you just went to buy milk or whatever it is. That's, that's your empathy picking up other people's stuff. So what is a technique that you would recommend someone to kind of just help ground that and clear that? I'm so glad you brought up the grocery store. I actually had a really horrible experience at the grocery store <laughs> yesterday where, I mean, I had my cart, right? And the, the checker is just, you know, the little things that divide one customer's thing between their, you know, between mm -hmm. she slams them down, right? And then throws them down and nobody else is bothered by the whole thing, you know, but I, I was perturbed. I'm perturbed because so I'm putting my groceries on, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm grounding and I'm breathing and um, and she's just very upset and it's projected towards me. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I can feel it. But my first thing was just to ground. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to ground and you have to know to ground right. because it is disturbing to the empath mm -hmm. when that energy comes through that's aggressive, right? Very angry. We pick up anger. It's usually described as like hot, right? So depending on your empathy, be able to identify right between yourself and someone mm -hmm. else. That's what I tell everybody first level empath 101. Mm -hmm. Me, not me. Mm -hmm. It sounds really simple, but it's very challenging. And so the grocery store is actually a good example because empaths go out into the world and, you know, they just want to get their darn groceries. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you're perceiving this flood or a torrent right. of negativity. And if you're not conscious of it, you feel crazy. Mm -hmm. Literally, you feel like you're getting hit with a thundercloud. So I always tell people to ground, learn how to ground, whatever that, whatever that means for you. And then so I go into this in the book, depending on your gift, mm -hmm. use the gift to do your healing work. So mm -hmm. if you're an intuitive visionary, you're going to get a lot of great stuff out of visioning right? Guided imagery, use guided imagery. For empaths, it's grounding the energy. If there is an empath that's also a visionary empath, I always guide them into grounding and visualization. Mm -hmm. Grounding and visualization. So you couple the gifts in ways that are healing because you can get a therapeutic response by using the gifts. Mm -hmm. So grounding. No me, not me. Grounding. And then when that happens and you're you're confronted with someone who's very, very uh, disturbed mm -hmm. in their own reality and they're coming into yours and you're picking up their pain process. What you said about washing is a great way to look at it. OK, mm -hmm. use your visualization techniques to ground and then wash it through, whether that means shaking your body out, shaking your hands, shaking your feet, shaking all over, even though it looks like it's strange. Mm -hmm. It shakes up the energy. It helps to move things through. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that animals use. Oh, yeah. And so it'll help to ground you immediately, no matter what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it, it's about learning what works for you. But those essential tools will always work. So grounding means feeling your energy running into the ground, feeling your feet, connecting firmly, however that works for you. I do a lot of stuff where I have like visualizations where you sit in a chair and you ground. A lot of times sensitive sensitive people feels like it's too much 
-hmm. It's just too much to do the exercises, but they're literally essential. They're Mm -hmm. life-saving essential because it'll help you feel balanced and grounded routinely and less like a thunderbolt is coming in on you. Mm -hmm. I will not promise that you will not feel because you have in your central nervous system this ability to feel so deeply and profoundly. So the likelihood is you won't have less feeling, but you will be, you will be prepared. Mm-hmm. You'll be prepared for what you come into daily. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that because it's, it's how you navigate it. It's, you know, we are here to feel. Um, and the more you attempt to, to avoid that, the, you know, what you resist persists. I know. So it's, it's learning how to, to, to incorporate it and integrate it. And, um, and that was something, you know, when I learned that animals do experience fight or flight, you know, they're in danger, but they shake it off. So if, you know, if a, a mouse is getting chased by a snake, it shakes it off if, you know, if it survives and it doesn't carry that, you know, whereas we get very stuck with that. Um, so, so yeah, shaking is just such a wonderful way. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you're worried about being weird, go to the bathroom. Every place has a bathroom. You can go in a bathroom. You can go in a bathroom stall, shake it out, take some deep breaths. And breathing. That's the other yeah. thing I didn't mention is breathing. Breathing in a pattern that relaxes immediately will stop a panic attack. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who are sensitive don't are not aware how sensitive they are. And so they're perceiving so much more sensory information inward, streaming inward. And so the breathing is the also level one to get out of panic. There's difference between panic, anxiety, right? And just mm-hmm. regular normal stress. But when you get into heightened responses, and maybe you've been doing this your whole life, but you don't recognize you've been doing it, breathing will immediately, immediately stop the response pattern and put you into a more relaxed mode. And so a lot of people who come to sensitivity this way and learn about it, kind of look back at their life and recast all these experiences they've had, you know, in a new light because they didn't know. Right. And so once you know, your work really does become, well, how mm-hmm. do I process this? What's the best thing for me? How do I ground? How do I go to the store safely? Mm-hmm. I mean, the store is a classic situation because you have to go there, you know? Right. And, and, and it's important for sensitive people who are listening just to know that it's better to go in those environments mm-hmm. and be grounded and be breathing and be doing all that work because mm-hmm. it builds resilience so that you can go into communities and you can mm-hmm. go into different situations because research and studies have shown that when sensitives isolate themselves, yeah. because they're receiving too much sensory information, they get more, even more sensitive right. in isolation. So anyway, that's important to be aware, to build resiliency. Absolutely. So we're getting ready to take a break, but I can't wait to come back and dive deeper into all of this. I love it. You are listening to Unbuckled and our guest is Courtney Marcassani, (laughs) author of The Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive. And we'll be right back. Tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. 
Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Christiane Bella, your Intimacy Architect, and we are unbuckling the world of sensitivity in our feelings as we learn to embrace the science of sensitivity, heal anxiety and relationships, and connect deeply with the world. Uh, Thanks to author Courtney Marcassani and her book, The Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive. So welcome back, Courtney. Thanks. Thanks. I'm excited to where we're going to go now. Yeah. So um, we were talking a bit about the science and mirror neurons, which is, I mean, really how we learn to do everything. It's it's how we learn to brush our teeth and drive our car and smile when somebody greets you. And, um, and so how do mirror neurons play into our development of our sensual, uh, sensual gifts? Well, they are sometimes sensual gifts to be sensitive, our sensitive gifts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Mirror neurons were discovered about 20 years ago, and they are these neurons that take, uh, they're like the sentinels, the little helpers of our brain, where they take information from your environment and they take it into the brain, whatever the scene might be. The classic Mm -hmm. example is a monkey ripping paper. Mm. So there's a monkey in front of you and he's ripping paper. Your brain sees that, hears it, replicates it in your mind what that scene looks like. But then they found that mirror neurons actually, when given a stimulus, will see the same image of a monkey ripping paper, hear it, even though the monkey's not there. So the mirror neurons take something in your environment and then replicate it. That's the mirror part of it. And they have found mirror neurons in multiple uh, neurological systems within the brain. And so they're still trying to discover what they do. Um, But how it relates to our discussion is that mirror neurons are helpful for us to be able to look at our environment and mirror what's in it so that we can think through it and respond. Right. So that's detecting safety. That's to discern, is this person safe or not? It's to discern what's needed. And so the fascinating part of that, that the monkey doesn't need to be there in order for you to hear it ripping the paper or you're visually Mm -hmm. seeing that mentally is because mirror neurons help us order our world. And so especially for empaths. In the empath discussion, but also for like intuitive visionaries as well, there has been some hypothesis that people who are sensitive have more mirror neurons. Mm. We actually either have more or that our mirror uh, neuron system is larger. Yeah. So it helps us to be able to see what's in the environment, but it might not necessarily be there. Mm. We can see it once and then we'll see it again because mirror neurons will create it. So that's part very partly important for empaths because they're going to be feeling in the environment. Mm -hmm. 
And I use this example in the book, which I think is a really good contrast. People who are narcissists who don't have that depth of feeling don't necessarily respond the same way because they might not have the same mirror neurons. So if you're in a boardroom with other people and you yawn, this is what I put in the book, and somebody else doesn't yawn, I mean, the empaths are going to yawn first, right? Because their mirror neuron system is like, oh, it's time to yawn, and it'll happen. But if somebody doesn't yawn, Mm -hmm. that might mean that they either have less neurons or less empathy. Yeah. It's important. It is. It really is. It, uh, it almost makes me go around, want to go around and like test. See, like, well, like, that's how I am. Yeah, that's how I am. I'm, I'm totally, you know, sciencey like that. So I want to test it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I worked a lot with, um, and, and I'm also neurodivergent, but I worked a lot with, uh, children, especially, um, that, uh, uh, we're on neurodivergent, uh, specifically on like the autism spectrum and yeah. how that's when I really realized how important mirror neurons are in, in, yeah. in our learning process. Like, just like what a vital piece of, of that, um, uh, to be able to understand it. And these like simple things that I think we just often take for granted, you know, um, waving at somebody or, or smiling at someone or being able to make eye contact with somebody. Communication. It's so important for communication. Mm -hmm. Mirror neurons are so important in communication. And I put that in the book, not just verbal communication, but nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. And so I make that link in the book. Um, It's not huge. You know, I don't develop that idea and go down that rabbit hole. But when you start to think about mirror neurons and how they help us with nonverbal communication and body language and microfacial expressions and people who don't necessarily have the verbal communication like folks who are on the spectrum, it does become vital. It becomes a vital thing that you, you know, you want to understand when working within communication and language and expressive language. Absolutely. So on the idea of, of actual senses, you know, right, our five senses to mm-hmm. see, taste, hear, and smell things. Um, how does the sensory system play into the idea of being sensitive? Because you talk in the book about um this aromatherapy experience. And, and, um, so I'd love to, for you to share more about that. Oh my gosh. So the senses are so, uh, they play a huge part in everything mm-hmm. for sensitives. And so it, it becomes learning about your sensory form of therapy that corresponds to whatever you're trying to heal. Let's look at it that way, because we're always receiving in eyes, ears, taste, touch, the five classical, right? Just stick with the five classical. And you can start to see that when you have been maxing out, right, looking Mm -hmm. at images is a classic example. Mm -hmm. You can look at images that are positive, or you could be flooding yourself with images that are negative, all Mm -hmm. right? So it could be computer time, too much computer screen, or for Mm -hmm. sensitive people, it's exposing ourselves to things that are not helpful, not positive, even just the nightly news. Oh, yeah. The images that are coming Mm -hmm. in. Your brain doesn't, I mean, your brain recognizes, you know, what the image is, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily discern, okay, this is a, a an unhelpful image, but yeah. that's what happens with what I call sensory intelligence. Mm-hmm. So sensory intelligence is a sensitive person's ability to perceive it, but then make meaning out of it. Mm. 
And so the senses are essential for you to understand how you're being impacted and then to provide the right sensory therapy. So the aromatherapy part of that is like you were talking about the smelling or the tasting. The gustatory senses are so, so intense because Mm -hmm. they developed first, really, to help us with our survival. Mm -hmm. If you're using things, you know, that you're smelling or you're tasting that are not positive or not even just neutral, they're just negative or not good for you, it's important to know that so that you can at least do neutral things, right? Especially with food. A lot of times we underestimate how our food really does affect not only our sensory tastes, but it affects the whole system. Yeah. And so a lot of times sensitive do things that are not helpful for them and not healthy mm-hmm. for them because they use it as a crutch or they use it because they've mm-hmm. always used it or always eaten it or always smelled it. And so you start to realize that when you're profoundly affected and routinely affected, you're going to need to do sensory things that are helpful, that are therapeutic. So that's why I used aromatherapy in the book because mm-hmm. it's helpful. Some sensitives are maxed out with too much sensory mm-hmm. therapy. So you have to be careful with what you're using in terms of it being positive therapeutic. So aromatherapy is one example, but so is massage using yeah. aromatherapy or using essential oils. And you're using basically the therapeutic part of the plant right. to heal the senses. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's, it's essential to understand how your sensory experience is affecting you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Absolutely. I love that. And, and I love that you talked about food because you talk in the book about, you know, being aware of sugar. And I went off sugar for a period of time last year and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I mean, like worse than when I was in my twenties and I had a bad little bout with cocaine, like worse than that. Like it was easier to, to not do that anymore than it was to stop eating sugar. I know it is like cocaine. It is like a drug. It is like a very addictive drug. I mean, I don't know if there's any other way to look at it and it's an epidemic in our society. So I do talk about sugar. You know, I went into that a lot deeper and I actually cut a lot, but I went into, um, in a former draft, all the insulin sensitivity, Mm -hmm. how that whole thing works, the glucose, how it all works with fat storage. And then I thought, you know, and my editor even said, this is maybe going too far. Mm-hmm. That might be a separate book, but it's right. so important to understand yeah. insulin uh, sensitivity. And so people are sensitive in different ways. Mm-hmm. With you, When you're talking about sugar sensitivity and insulin sensitivity, a lot of sensitive people don't even know they have, mm-hmm. yeah. that they are pre-diabetic. And a lot of people will be pre-diabetic for decades mm-hmm. before they actually realize. And then when you start to go without it for a while, you start to see yeah. the withdrawals from it that are deeply impacted and where mm-hmm. you might not have thought about it before how much you were affected by mm-hmm. it because the body adapts, right? Yeah. It adjusts. It, ad- it adjusts to lifestyle. It adjusts to stress. It's amazing the thing that we have. But when you take it away mm-hmm. and you see that reaction, you can tell how much you're affected by it. So that's kind of the only way for sensitive people to realize it or figure it out is, especially with allergies and other things, they just have to go without, you have to go Mm -hmm. through a period of detoxification to figure out what it, what it actually is. And it might be your senses. And that's the part that I feel like gets left out Mm -hmm. in medicine is that there is a sensory healing modality that's out there, but you have to target it and then you have to work on it. So a lot of people just say it's just too much work, but I'm telling you, if you do the work, your results will, will be very positive. So that's the flip side. We're very affected, Mm -hmm. right? By food, by substances, by alcohol, by sugar, 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes by, you know, medication that our doctors prescribe, mm-hmm. we're very sensitive to that. And so it's about having the experience and knowing it, but then it's also about living in a way that's mm-hmm. that's helpful to your senses and helpful to your mind and body. And I'm not saying be a monk, but you're going to have a better experience when you limit some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So your experience gets more positive and that's the flip side. And the beautiful side where you'll have more ecstatic experiences, mm-hmm. you'll be more connected, you'll feel healthy, you'll feel optimum levels of health that are almost ecstatic for sensitive yeah. people because they're connecting to the bliss of life. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to weave through all of that in the book. Yeah. Um, there is a bit of a minutia. You can get tied down in the minutia, but I'm glad you talked about sugar because it's often mm-hmm. overlooked and it is a profound substance that can really affect you physically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was a game changer for me. Um so, yeah, I, I, you know, and I think it, it can start small, you know, and it was like you were saying earlier about the the breathing and, the, you know, like these can just be small steps you take. And I, I equate it to like brushing your teeth, like you would not leave your house without brushing your teeth. Like that's the thing that you make three minutes, two minutes, whatever, every day to, to do. And, and these things about, you know, taking care of yourself, grounding, breathing, um, you know, looking at, at what you're eating, just taking a moment to kind of tune in and just, you know, be like, is this, why am I going for this? What is it? You know, what is it that I'm trying to feel or not feel that is making me want to engage with this? I'm so glad you brought that up because it is one of the major reasons why I put the information out there. A lot of times the pain that we experience Mm -hmm. when we're younger or through our teens, it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming amount of, of intensity that comes in mentally, physically, and emotionally. And so a lot of times our coping mechanisms are well-established by the time we get to an adulthood phase. And so we tend to anesthetize, right? Mm -hmm. Sensitive people will tend to try to dull or blunt our senses because it's, it feels overpowering. So Mm -hmm. my message in terms of the book is just take one step at a time, Mm -hmm. do what you have to do, right? But just know that the more that you figure it out for yourself and you employ your own system, I don't say you have to do one system. What I kind of guide and suggest is find your system. If that means taking an extra 10 minutes in your car, Mm -hmm. right? Before you get out and go into your workplace to do a little breathing, that's going to help you. Yeah. You know, find your way, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not opposed to psychopharmaceutical medication, Mm -hmm. but what I do try to advocate is know what's going on underneath. Why? Why are you smoking? Mm-hmm. Is it social? Why are you drinking more? Is it connected to social? And so if you can tease out, yeah. is it social anxiety is when I'm around more people, then you can find your lifestyle that fits for you. So you feel better more often. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and I'd, I'd love to, two things I want to make sure we hit before we go. One is, is body scanning. Um, because I, I don't think it's something, it's something I, I teach to my clients a lot, but I, I don't know how many people out there even know what that that means. So I'd love for you to share about what that means to just kind of scan your body and check in. Yeah. So body scanning can be done really simply. It can get, it can get pretty elaborate. I mean, it came about really like in the seventies, you know, with a lot of the mind body movements. And I think people kind of think of it as a visualization technique. That's kind of a hippie thing, but it's Mm -hmm. not, it's actually for sensitive people essential because especially for the visionaries, they can take 
and look at their body from an outside perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're visually going through that mind's eye and perceiving your own body and Mm -hmm. doing a scan from top to bottom. Some Mm -hmm. people go from the feet to the top. And so body scans are available. They're out there. And I highly recommend them because when I've done body scans with individuals, they usually get a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So it's paying attention to what happens when you do the scan and what crops up. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people will get um, images or empaths will feel sensations through the body scan. Sometimes they'll see colors. Sensitive people will always get information by doing a body scan. So then you can start to see where you might be out of balance. Mm -hmm. Your physical body will kind of communicate with you. And Mm -hmm. so it's a visual way of tapping in. Now, some people might not be as visual. So for the empaths and other folks and maybe the expressives, it's more about feeling. Mm -hmm. the body scan what you're feeling and the sensations and so I track that I ask people to write it down write down their impressions and you're going to get all kinds of stuff like sometimes people who have um you know that really strong felt sense will feel Mm -hmm. sensations of of movement just catalog it all and it's not about going online and looking for like a dictionary it's a matter of seeing your symbol Mm -hmm. how you associate those sensations with your own feeling yeah. And then you can employ techniques or make changes based on your body scan and what you picked up through that visual scanning system or your emotional scanning. Yeah, I love it. I, I encourage people to use it when they're setting boundaries or if they're being, you know, before you say yes or no, or maybe to something to like scan and see yeah. like what part of you is a yes, what part of you is a no, where are you noticing it? Where are you? Um, yeah, because we and muscle really testing. Are. Some people yeah. will do mu- muscle testing too. Like I'm not a big muscle testing person. I don't use it for myself, but I have a ton of sensitive friends that use muscle testing and mm-hmm. they swear by it. I think that body scan is a, a general thing that anybody can use. Right. And it's easy yeah. and you can do it yourself. And there's a lot of samples out there. And so just try it mm-hmm. and see. It's another way of also figuring out how you receive sensory right. information. You know, if it is symbolic or it is through colors or it is through sensations or your emotional felt sense, you'll really attune quickly to how you perceive information. And you can use that as a way to identify your own sensory gifts. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's the greatest gift I think you can give yourself is just to have this deeper understanding of how do I operate? What works for me? You know, how am I navigating my experience? Um, and these are just wonderful tools to to tap into that. Um, so, I know we only have a few minutes left, um, but I I would love to get into, you know, this idea you talked about, like living out of past experiences, you know, if we're getting into a relationship, um, how much of it is, how much of the attraction is maybe, you know, coming from, from uh, other stuff. And, And so some of it may be even lives before this, you know, if, if you're someone who, and I do believe in past lives. Um, but, you know, the idea of like, like you, you mentioned uh, this like tension when you can feel something, but maybe it's not being communicated with your partner. Um, and so if we could just talk a little bit about like, how do you start to decipher, is this what I'm feeling now? Or is this old stuff that I'm is undigested? Right. So I talk a lot about metastasizing of energy. 
Mm-hmm. undigested energy, energy that's stagnant, because you can be hyper responsive, right? Where you're pretty re- responsive in a way that you're like taking the barometer and the temperature of room between before other people actually feel the heat of the room, right? And then there's the under responsiveness, mm-hmm. the hypo responsiveness. And so you could be a little bit less responsive. Mm-hmm. And those areas are important to recognize because we're energy, right? So we have these energetic responses. It's not just about the senses, but the energy in the senses really commingle. Mm-hmm. It's how we perceive our environment. It's how we perceive safety, detect harm. I've talked about that. And so that includes people as well. Yeah. That includes relationships. So one of the things that you brought up that's a classic example is that empaths who are so finely attuned. Mm-hmm will be drawn into situations. And I talk about the narcissist and I mm-hmm. talk about empaths connecting with narcissists and why they do that. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that these deep spiritual empaths would connect with a narcissist, but there seems to be a connected web and that mm-hmm. is the energy. So I go into it and I talk about past experience. So anytime that we have a past experience that's overly positive or overly negative, mm-hmm. right? We take and we imprint that in our system. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether you're consciously aware of it or not, those subtle relationship dynamics are still there in your memory Mm -hmm. and you're not always conscious of it. And so it is important to become conscious. And the one thing that I talk about that's rarely talked about that I bring up over and over in the book is triggers, Mm -hmm. is to understand how sensory triggers work. Mm-hmm. And to understand that if you had adverse or negative experiences, especially when you were young, they will affect all your relationships. Yeah. They do. And, but putting a positive spin on it, once you become conscious of why mm-hmm. you were attracted to somebody, even if it was a negative adverse experience when you were a kid, it teaches you who you are, mm-hmm. right? And it's those relationships are good mirrors for us to look into and go, oh, he had this or she had this, right? Mm-hmm. And then you learn through it. Now, can it be extremely painful for a sensitive? Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a tendency to hold on things. We have a tendency to get hurt. We have a tendency to kind of brood over past loves that we've lost, even unrequited love. Right. So it's about understanding why those exist. Mm -hmm. And that is a much bigger conversation. But the point, the point is you can figure it out. It's about becoming conscious of what those influences were and why you're being drawn in emotionally. Mm -hmm. So the classic experience for empaths is that they're with somebody who's not as empathic in their relationship, a close, personal, intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. And the issue that happens is the empath is so attuned. Mm -hmm. Their other person will have something going on in their life, in their relationship, Mm -hmm. and and they don't express it. And the empath will feel it. And so that kind of becomes a problem between the individuals Mm -hmm. who are in partnership or in a relationship because the empath is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And they just, they feel unnerved because they can Mm -hmm. sense something's wrong. And the other person does not either recognize how affected they are by their own emotional Mm -hmm. uh, unease, but the empath will always know. Mm -hmm. And so why are empaths drawn into people that don't necessarily communicate about their emotions? It could be multiple reasons. And maybe it's not necessarily a deep, adverse experience. Maybe that other person is a non, a nonverbal processor. Right. It could be that simple and that it's not something that's a profound thing from the past. It could be just a communication issue and the empath's always going to feel it. Yeah. 
Oh, so good. So good. Um, so before we wrap up, I just want to make sure everyone can find you because I mean, please go out there, get this book. It's on Amazon. I cannot recommend it enough. It has been so helpful in my own understanding in my work with my clients. Um, so it is just full of gems and, um, and insights and, and stories and actual practical tools. Um, one of which we didn't even get into, which was the divine wheel. So get, oh. get the book for highly sensitive. Um, I know you'll just have to come back. We'll have to do this again, (laughs) but you can find Courtney on Facebook at inspired potentials. And you can find her on Twitter at inspired creative. And that's I N S P I R E D C R E A T V. And you can find her on Instagram, CC Mark, Yeah. So it's C-C-M-A-R-C-H-E-S on Instagram. Um, and yes, uh, and definitely, you know, hop on, take the test. Uh, again, you can find your intuitive, your, in, uh, your sensitive test on inspiredpotentials.com. I think I got all the things in there. You did a lot of things. Thank you so much. And I, you know what? I just want to say yeah. thank you for taking your time with the book. Thank you for really reading it and going to the depths. I mean, that's what I always hope for. And so I just want to say thank you for taking your time with it. And this conversation has been very enriching and wonderful for me and validating for me as well as a writer. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, thank you for taking the time to, to write it and share it. It really is just a wonderful tool. Um, and so I, I want as many people out there to to be able to access it because, yeah, I mean, our, our sensitivity, I think, is is a deeper intelligence than we give it credit for. And, um, and I feel like, you know, people like yourself um, are part of, of the shift to really recognize the importance of that. So thank you for showing up in the world and sharing. Thank you. We're doing it together. We're getting the word out together by having this conversation. Yes. I love I it. I appreciate it. Um, any last thoughts? We got two minutes left. I think it is important just to, 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 to wrap it up by saying, especially empaths, this is for you. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling the emotions from others and it's unrequired in you, you need to look at yourself. Mm. You need to look at yourself and figure out how to do the body scan, the grounding, so that you're not so deeply affected, especially in your partnerships. It's not always the other person. It's how we're perceiving. Yes, yes. Yeah, it starts with you. You are your most important relationship. So yes, I love that. Yes. Yes. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Once again, um, Courtney Marcassani, author of The Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive, Embracing the Science of Sensitivity, Healing Anxiety and Relationships and Deeply Connecting with Your World. It has been an absolute joy talking with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And you're listening to me. I'm Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect. And this has been Unbuckled. We are so grateful for all of you listening. Thank you for being a part of the change in the world and many blessings to you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. Oh, 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 oh,